Next on BYU Sports Nation, show me your St. Mary's face. What did we learn about BYU basketball after a road split to open up West Coast Conference play? And what did Dave Rose say after the St. Mary's game about that game and the season? What's the biggest issue he faces after Saturday's loss? Plus, did Notre Dame just open up a path for that return game with BYU? The Irish owe the Cougars, right? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by... The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play, back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, January 7th, wherever and however you are connected. Great to have you with us on Spencer Linton. Teamed up with Garden Gnome Collector, Jerem Jordan. Okay, so we announced, by the way, a piece of confetti from uh, the counter just fell down. I kid you not. just happened. So we told you that uh, I called them trolls um, because I was trolling, I guess. This is a Garden Gnome from the game. So our thanks to uh, Greg Rubel and Kyle Chilton for uh, providing this and Alex Jensen. I think they all just teamed up and got us one. Um, and here he is. So the question is, what do we do with this? Because this is definitely something that we don't want to put at the forefront here. So we do, do we put it over with Spuddy Buddy over there, like out of the way? Because I wanted it so that we could, like, uh, you know, have a similar experience with uh, Spuddy Buddy, which is a negative one. But uh, should we put it over there? Like, should, where should it go? I don't want to put it front and center. Why is Spuddy Buddy in the same category as Matthew Delavidova's Garden Gnome? Because they're annoying. I, don't, I am not annoyed by Spuddy Buddy anymore. He's my buddy. I take selfies with him every time I go to Boise. BYU has had most recently a good, I don't know, memory feeling coming from Boise. This, this is different. I feel what should we do with it? A lot of angst. Yeah. <laughs> I look at this with St. Mary's face. And this is true to scale too, which is pretty cool. <laughs> what should we do with it? Uh, put it over there. Put them in the background somewhere. Yeah, I'll put it. Yes, there. right okay. now. Jeremy Jordan, you place them somewhere in the back. Yeah. Where it belongs. <laughs> Spuddy Buddy is sitting on one of our Marriott Center mustard yellow seats in studio, but <laughs> he's our, he's our, Deli's behind the seat. You can see the very tip of his cap. That's it. He's the elf on the shelf in Studio B. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Now I feel better. Okay. It just was weird to have yeah. Deli on the desk. It's like, hey, thanks. We're gonna we're gonna actually hide you. Yeah, absolutely we should. Maybe that should be the... He's one of the Keebler elves. He'll make us some cookies. Maybe that should be the rotating thing like Elf on the Shelf where he hides somewhere different every day. He's always... So you you can can try and find where the Deli Garden Gnome is as you watch the show. (laughs) Well, we've stooped to that level. We have. Indeed, we have. Here's today's show lineup. ESPN's Trevor Maddich hanging out and broadcasting live from the College Football National Championship game tonight between number one ranked Alabama and number two Clemson. He'll join us in 15 minutes. He picks a winner and gives us the latest thoughts, at least as far as BYU football goes. Did we perform better than BYU basketball did in our and one picks? Find that out in about 30 minutes. And what does an LDS mission, Jerem, for a BYU tight end mean for the position group next season? We'll tell you who's leaving. Oh, and welcome back, BYU students, to another glorious semester. Yeah, winter semester. Most people call it spring. We call it winter here. 
We do things a little bit differently in Provo, don't we? You can say that again. <laughs> Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's basketball splitting their first road trip of the West Coast Conference schedule after a loss at St. Mary's 88-66 on Saturday night. Yoli Childs recorded his second straight double-double, led the team in scoring with 21 points. T.J. Haas poured in 20 in that loss. The Cougars host Portland this Saturday, or excuse me, this Thursday rather, on BYU TV. BYU center James Empey is a freshman All-American. That according to the Football Writers Association of America. Yes, the writers. Empey started all 13 games this season. He took over for Tijon Kroma, who was a freshman All-American as well. BYU football alumnus Michael Davis had two tackles and two pass breakups in the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego playoff win over the Baltimore Ravens. Davis and the Chargers now take on Kyle Van Noy and the New England Patriots next Sunday in Foxborough, divisional round for a chance to play in the AFC Championship. Remember when Michael Davis was benched? I do remember that. Year, the last yep. half of the year. Yep. That was awesome. Nick Howell told me he would be an NFL star. And we thought he was all crazy. Uh, turns out he wasn't. BYU Women's Hoops beats LMU 55-44, extends its win streak to six games. The Cougar backcourt of Brenna Chase, Shaylee Gonzalez, and Paisley Johnson all scored in double figures for the fourth time in the last five games, including this three from Johnson. On the shot clock, under a minute to play. Abiero with four, three, skip past Johnson, long three on the way. The shot clock buzzer, an absolute dagger. BYU's 12-3 overall, 4-0 in West Coast Conference play. BYU plays at Pacific on Thursday. They are rolling. Let's go, ladies. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. I'm gathering that many of you felt like showing off your St. Mary's face after Saturday night's game and the 22-point loss by BYU, a lopsided setback in Moraga. Following a roller coaster win in Stockton, BYU Hoops now 9-8 and eight after 17 games. They have at least wrapped up a brutal month-long road stretch and return home on Thursday. Jeremy, at this point, what have we learned about this BYU basketball team through the first two conference games? BYU's struggling to play defense. Just on ball, I'm going to prevent you from getting past me to create a two-on-one on offense. And as Lee Kamard uh, keenly observed on this show a few weeks ago. Offense is getting into a two-on-one situation. Um, number two, rotations aren't set. BYU played the Idaho four plus TJ Haas in the game, which was a lineup we hadn't seen all year. And things weren't working, so why not? But it is a little weird that we've made the turn uh, into conference play, and BYU doesn't have rotations set. And number three for me, Nick Emery is still returning to form. I thought it would take a while for him to return, but I thought it'd be perhaps a little quicker. He's a thousand point scorer, a tremendous player, but he hasn't had the impact on this team that I hoped he would. I know he's gone through a lot off the court, but I was hoping that on the court, that could be the place where he could, could shine and do his thing. And I've kind of been surprised by um, his play so far. I thought he would be better a little quicker for a guy that was first team all league as a freshman. Is the fact that the rotations are not set the reason that Nick Emery has not found his Fast well, track back in. I think it's the other way. They aren't set because people haven't been as effective as they've needed to be. Yeah, this is disconcerting. And we'll get into some details with Dave Rose in just a moment. But the fact that he is saying essentially, hey, we're 17 games in and I'm still not sure who my core group of guys is. Real issue. Is yeah. very concerning. And I appreciate his honesty in that moment. Um so, yeah, we learned that because Dave Rose came out and said it after the game that 
Even he and the coaching staff are not sure about who the core group of guys is. Is it seven guys? Is it nine guys? We're seeing as many as 11 play on a regular basis right now. Yeah, and it's not about volume per se. Um, It's more like, okay, we have our starters, and then after that, who comes in for who, and what's that lineup like? And and Luke Worthington and McKay Cannon were put into the starting lineup to try and mix it up and see what happens. And that first half against Pacific was awesome. Uh, It wasn't awesome. Against St. Mary's, BYU was down 10 at half, could have been 13 unless TJ Haas hits a, a 30-footer at the buzzer. So uh, tough tough sledding there for BYU. BYU's got to figure it out. And they have a n- nice stretch of home games this week where BYU can hopefully win two against teams that haven't beaten BYU and Provo as league members. I believe BYU is undefeated against Portland and Santa Clara at home in league. So this can be a take-care-of-business week. Get on track. And then you play at Pepperdine, which has proven to be a tough game the last four or five years for BYU. BYU is undersized. And I like their zone defense if they can learn how to rebound in the zone. But that, too, is an issue. So what happens defensively? I am intrigued and how to do you see do- how BYU moves on from a 22-point loss at St. Mary's. Because there are so many questions floating out there, led by the head coach. How how many adjustments like wholesale schematic paradigm shifts can you have mid season mid season where you literally have Monday Tuesday Wednesday and a Thursday walkthrough practice right that's that's tough after non conference play and now two league games we always one game above five hundred at nine and eight here's Dave Rose after the St Mary's loss I I think that you look at the last five games that we played uh, from home and. There's, there's something going on here, and I, it, it's, it, it starts with me because I'm, I, I, you know, it seems like the end of the first half. Well, sometimes it's the last seven minutes, sometimes it's the last five minutes, the last four minutes. But, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to still find a lineup to play because of some of the inconsistencies that we're having. And I get guys out there, and then before we know it, you know, it's three, four, five possessions where we don't score, and and then we're down eight, we're down nine, we're down ten. You know, at UNLV, we're down 17 in a really quick period. And so then we're playing from behind, and playing from behind is is, – is difficult, especially when your strength as a team is on the offensive end and not on the defensive end. Spencer, you referenced these comments. What's your reaction to them? Well, for one, I don't think that Dave Rose has ever encountered a situation like this as the head coach at BYU, where we are halfway through the season and he is as transparent and concerned about issues on the floor right now. This is new territory for Dave Rose. I, I can't. I'm trying to think. Was his first season this way? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. No, they didn't. They didn't play as tough a schedule either. True. Yeah. So they have ramped up the schedule, and because of that, they have been exposed for some things. So right. he, he's in new territory. I do love his transparency, and I love that he took responsibility as the coach and the leader saying, look, it starts with me. I've got to figure this out. But when a coach says things like that, sometimes that is a purposeful shot to challenge his guys. Like, okay, you, I, I'll do my part. Now I need you guys to do your part. Oh, I guarantee he's used much stronger language to explain that much to his team already, you know, for a couple weeks. Uh, I, I, I don't think anything's new. Yeah, the team, the team knows. The team knows. Um, and Dave Rose is saying, hey, it starts with me. And it is true. The head coach has got to make sure that his team 
is, uh, is, is being its best self. And right now, this is not BYU's best self. We've seen these, this group of players. We talked about how, oh, they're finally going to get old together. Well, th- this group getting old together has proven to be perhaps Dave Rose's worst team at this point in the season, which is tough, right? New territory. And, and Dave Rose has had a lot of good teams, won 20-plus games, 13 straight years. Like, that's top five in the NCAA with that streak. So this is a new challenge, like you said. But what Dave Rose has proven over time is that he can make adjustments midseason to correct those things and get BYU in a 20-win, at least the NIT position. That's the question with this team. Will this team make the NIT? Because the NIT at BYU is seen as failure. It is. And if BYU doesn't even make the NIT, that is really bad. So we'll see what kind of adjustments BYU can make. This week, BYU is going to win two games. It's going to feel good. It's going to look good. And then the question is, can BYU continue to grow on that? Because BYU at home is awesome. Yes, Seven and a one. very different team. The only loss is to one of three undefeateds in America as of Saturday night, Houston. One of those was Nevada, and then they got blown out against New Mexico. So it's down to two, perhaps. I haven't checked Houston over the weekend. But BYU on the road is a different team. I think perhaps that's the biggest issue is the difference between Houston, or sorry, home and road BYU is so stark. And BYU's played some good teams on the road. They haven't played any, uh, besides Houston, any good teams at home. It reminds me of, I think, the 1999-2000 BYU basketball team, uh, relatively early in Steve Cleveland's head coaching career in Provo, where they were so tough at home but could not win a road game. Um, And we have discussed on this program Consistently winning on the road typically starts with good defense. Yeah, you can you can you can travel defense and free throw shooting, but you you don't travel how you're going to shoot that night. Right, typically. and and I agree with you. I'm sure that he has challenged his guys with much stronger language in private. But this is the first time Dave Rose has opened up like this, as transparent and open as to say, I don't know who my core guys are. We're halfway through the season. Yeah. I don't know. He hasn't opened up like that and he can't, he to can't, the media. He can't call out Nick Emery publicly, but I think Nick needs to be number three on this. Which team. is why I said this is a challenge. He's good. This is a challenge in a new format yeah. of, okay, I'm going to talk to the media about this now and see what we can spark here. They are coming home, and I hope that changes things drastically for the Cougars. Well, they've got to prove it on the road. They're not going to show us anything we didn't already know at home. They're well, going to win. They got the win at Pacific, which I thought, okay, maybe. Maybe something has clicked because they found a way to win a close game. Yeah. St. Mary's Maraga is the happened. bane of BYU's existence. And then so BYU's had uh, the least amount of success against any team on the road in league. It's St. Mary's, man. All right, basketball out and potentially football in from an ESPN article. In lieu of playing in a conference championship game, Notre Dame would gladly add a 13th game to its schedule if the NCAA would allow it. Right now it's Hawaii and anybody or any team that travels to the islands to play Hawaii. The Fighting Irish Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick was the one to bring this up on Sunday at the college football playoff. To quote him, we would love the opportunity to play a 13th game to take that issue off the table. He told ESPN, nothing would make us happier, end quote. Jeremy, in a roundabout way, could this be the path that BYU gets their game finally against Notre Dame? First, Notre Dame's issue is not a 13th game. It's competing in the New Year's Six Bowls. They've They've got into the college football playoff with a 12-game schedule. Why do they need a 13th? I don't think so. I'm not sure what game Notre Dame would want, but it's not likely to be BYU, in my opinion, if they did. But 
That would be awesome because Notre Dame owes BYU a game. BYU did a two-for-one, went there in 2012 and 13, and is waiting for that return game. Tom Homel has not uh, had a buyout for that game from Notre Dame, has uh, discussed publicly that that is a game they're hoping they still get at some point. They they haven't canceled it. BYU has games scheduled out to 2030, so like, what's the rush, right? I don't think Notre Dame will even get a 13th game approved. It's a slippery slope. Why Notre Dame? If any team could get one, it'd be Notre Dame, but I don't think they'll even get approved. But I would love, if it got approved, that it would be BYU. I want that return game. Notre Dame owes it. Yes, Notre Dame owes BYU whether they get the 13th game or not. And with how far out they schedule and BYU is scheduling right now, there has to be somewhere in the future in, I don't know, 2028, that Notre Dame can return this game to Provo. I mean, contractually, they are obligated both athletic directors have said they both want to play the game when is it going to happen schedule it somewhere i don't know make it 10 years from now who cares just put it on the schedule so we can stop talking about it there has to be a way that they can figure this thing out and again i don't think it should rely on the fact that byu is waiting for notre dame to get a potential 13th game i don't think byu no it's too finicky but if Notre Dame is granted that, and I don't think they will be, but if they are granted that, then I can tell you right now that Tom Holman will be on the phone immediately saying, hey, you've got an extra game. You owe us. Let's go. Yeah. How much, how much sway does uh, you know, Tom have in that, that conversation? Oh, he's got a good relationship but with Notre, Jack. Notre Dame's issue is uh, showing up for the New Year's Six games. It's not scheduling a 13th game. They have been completely destroyed in those games. They, they have not shown that they are big boy football in college football there. They're good, but they're not top six, top eight good. They, they can be undefeated, but they've been absolutely lit up when they've been in those games. Hey, Notre Dame has a Golden Globe-worthy movie with Rudy, right, in their history, which takes us to our question of the day. In honor of the Golden Globes, what is the award-worthy BYU sports story you want made into a movie? Rudy, Rudy. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At MacArthur Mark H on Instagram. 1980 Holiday Bowl versus SMU. That win paved the way for a 1984 national championship. I think 79 laid the groundwork, too. That team had one loss, missed a field goal in the Holiday Bowl. That would have been an undefeated season. A very short field goal. Yeah. And guess who was holding that field goal? Who was the holder? Kurt Gunther. Kurt Gunther was the holder. And he kicked the extra point against SMU hmm. to seal that comeback win in 1980 a year later. Hmm. Michael Dixon was the holder, holder for Sebastian Janikowski, and he can't kick field goals. <laughs> weird. Which story do you want? More of your responses on the way at BYU Spudbutt says there's no better story in sports than the Ziggy Ansa story. Oh, yeah. We've, we cast the entire movie yes. one, one drive to Vegas. That's a summer I, show. I got it on my phone. That's a summer show. A whole show. Wow. Okay. Don't you Wait. think? It's Yeah. I don't know if we can fill 52 minutes on that one, but yeah. <laughs> Bring on some guests. Call our uh, people in the Hollywood foreign press. <laughs> we got people. Coming up, BYU lost at St. Mary's, but did we lose in and one and next, ESPN College Football Insider Expert Analyst, BYU National Champion Trevor Maddich tells us his prediction for tonight's College Football National Championship. This is BYU Sports Nation. I like Spuddy Buddy more now that Delhi Gnome is here. Yes. BYU.
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, watch and listen to BYU Basketball with Dave Rose on BYU TV and BYU Radio as Coach Rose Ryland Bergerson and Nate Austin join Gregor Bell to discuss Cougar Hoops tomorrow 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Reserve your seats for the show in Studio C right now on BYUcougars.com slash Rose Show. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. And Deli Gnome. BYUSN On Demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. Yes, he is He's our over there. elf on the shelf in Studio B. But he ain't bringing no presents for us. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> now his eyes are poking out. Nice. Hey, it's Elf on the Shelf, right? It they never bo- blinks. Oh, boy. Where's it going to be tomorrow? Watch the show by going to BYUSN.com and experience BYU Sports Nation whenever you want. It's a college football playoff edition of Maddich Monday. ESPN's Trevor Maddich, insider, expert, college football analyst, and BYU national champion, is on location in Santa Clara, California. Earlier this morning, Jerem Jordan had an opportunity to speak with Mr. Maddich as he prepares for Alabama Clemson Part 4. All right, Trevor, national championship game tonight. Excited about it. Alabama and Clemson part three. Excited about this. Yet, it sounds like weather could play a factor in tonight's game. What's the update? Yeah, it's been raining the last couple of days, and the water's been pooling on the field. There's actually been standing water on the field. Then they finally put a tarp over it. It's not raining now, but if it's sloppy out there, it's got to favor Alabama just because they're bigger and more physical across the board. Travis Etienne has been a difference maker on the ground for Clemson this season. What kind of impact do you think he could have in this game for the Tigers? Jeremy, he's one of the huge X factors. I mean, they've been a run-first team all season long. And since September, no one's come within more than 20 points of them. So the fact that Travis Etienne has been able to take over games has taken the pressure off of their true freshman quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Now, it's a whole other problem taking over a game on the ground against the Alabama defense. They're one of the best tackling teams in the country. But Travis Etienne will have to be effective in order for Clemson to have a chance. Clemson changed quarterbacks essentially to match up better with Alabama, it would seem. So Trevor Lawrence is the guy, Tua Tagovailoa on the other side. What do you think of that quarterback matchup in this game, assuming that that Tua is still healthy? Jeremy, you're right about that switch. I think everybody around the country that had a legitimate chance at the national championship at the playoff was looking at what Tua did last year and trying to figure out how they could get more offensive firepower. They were also looking at Kyler Murray of Oklahoma this year, thinking, okay, if we make it to that playoff and we've got to face one of those quarterbacks, we need to be able to score a lot of points. I think that's one of the reasons that Clemson went with Trevor Lawrence in the fifth game as the starter uh, over Kelly Bryant, just because he could do more with his arm and he could strike faster, deeper. To me, Trevor Lawrence has been phenomenal this year, but that cool that he has shown, the calmness that he's shown, has that been because he really is that cool and calm or because they've beat everybody since September by three or more touchdowns and he hasn't had to throw the ball in the second half while trailing? Well, Bama wants to find that out. They've got one of the, well, maybe the most disruptive interior defensive lineman in the country, the Outland Trophy winner, Quinton Williams, that will get up the field and try to get into Lawrence's face early and often. And if he's able to do that and if Bama's able to score some and, and take the lead, then Trevor Lawrence will have to be in a position that he hasn't been in this year. And that is having to throw, having to make plays with his arm 
or they'll lose the game, but having an Outland Trophy winner in his face all the time. So Bama wants to test that calmness, that legendary cool demeanor of Trevor Lawrence. And it may be that he'll carry that cool demeanor into that kind of pressure. But it may be that he just hasn't been in the fire yet, and Alabama will try to find out. Yeah, Notre Dame certainly wasn't the same kind of test as Alabama in the semis. We're talking to ESPN's Trevor Maddich ahead of the national championship game tonight, 8 Eastern time. Looking forward to that. Trevor, this is uh, a matchup that we've seen a few times now. I personally like it. There are those that don't like the repeat of the same kind of matchup. Do you think it's good for college football that these two Titans continue to meet up like this? Jim, with respect to people that want to see two different teams in the championship, y'all are nuts. Just nuts. I mean, these are the far and away the best two teams in the country. They dominated their semis, not because three and four weren't worthy of being in the playoff, but because one and two were so great. I think that this is a different game also than what we've seen from these two in the past. I mean, last year they met in the semis, but in the, in the finals when they, they split from three years ago and two years ago, they're different teams, especially Alabama. I mean, Alabama, when they faced Clemson in the finals, they were a team that had a dominant defense and an offense that played complementary football, uh, close to the vest, run the ball, throw safe passes. That's Alabama. Well, now Alabama has a defense that's not as dominant as those defenses, but an offense that's an all-timer of a deep-strike offense where Tua and those receivers can score from anywhere on the field on any individual play. So this is a completely different scenario. It's a different kind of a matchup. It's a different set of problems for the opponent. And I think this will be tremendous fun. Now, for people that want different helmets out there, different logos to watch, okay, I, I get that. But give them a chance because I think they'll put on a show for you. Yeah, there have been some great matchups, great finishes, right, and uh, excited about it. Vegas says Bama by five. Do you think that's a fair line? I think it's fair. It, it's hard for me to to be confident in picking this thing. And I think if you've got to you've got to say Bama by five, that's okay. I think part of what Vegas does is sets the line for the sake of the public. They want the same amount of money on both sides of of that transaction. And if the, if the public thinks Bama should win, then they've got to you know make they've got to give more points to Clemson. So I think that's part of what that's about. Let's uh, transition to a couple of BYU topics here. James Empey. Uh, named freshman All-American, the center for BYU. You were a center at BYU. Uh, what does it mean to have a freshman All-American, potentially a four-year starter in James Empey? It is fantastic. It validates recruiting. It creates a new dynamic in that building. Uh, Empey now, everybody knew that he was an outstanding player, but now he's got that mantle of freshman All-American. It creates a leadership uh, validation for him. It creates a standard that he needs to live up to, which will make him better. The other players, too, want what he's got. I mean, when I was a freshman at BYU, I looked at, at the other guys getting you know, all-conference and all-America honors, and I thought, I want some of that. I want some of that. Well, how do you get some of that? Well, you, you prepare, you work like crazy in order to get that. And I think having that is good for the whole team because now they're saying, look, he can do it, I can do it too. And that's just a good, a good thing to have in your culture. Recruits also. Now they have a validation. You know, recruiting, well, recruiters will be able to say, look, 
we've got a freshman All-American. You can come here, too, and be a freshman All-American and a sophomore All-American, et cetera. You can, you can earn those honors at BYU. We've already done it. Take a look at James Empey. And I think everything about this is good for the program. All right, Trevor, Alabama and Clemson, who do you have winning tonight's national championship? Well, Jim, since you've got me pinned down, uh, I, I say Alabama by a field goal, I think 27-24. And there are two reasons. One is I think Quinn Williams will be a factor, getting pressure up the middle and disrupting plays. But the other reason is that even though Clemson is one of the most physical teams in the country, Alabama adds an extra layer of physicality to where you call it brutality. I mean, they, they hate you, and they play like it. If these two teams went into a dark alley behind a bar at 2 a.m. and had a fight, just a street fight, I think Alabama would be the team that would emerge victorious because they're just mean. And I think that the fact that they've got more guys that are bigger and stronger than Clemson has that are that size and strength, and the fact that that attitude that they carry into it will tell in the fourth quarter. I think that not having Dexter Lawrence, the 340-pound defensive tackle in there, will tell in the fourth quarter. And I think ultimately the combination of Quinton Williams and Alabama's sheer primal caveman brutality will eke out a victory. And let's finish with this, Trevor. Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick says he'd love an opportunity to play a 13th game each season. So two questions. One, do you think that'd be approved? And two, if so, could BYU fit into that equation as an opponent? I would love it. To get it approved, I think, would be tough because why would the other programs want Notre Dame to have that kind of advantage? I mean, they're not crazy about Notre Dame knocking another conference champion out of the playoff anyway. And so to give Notre Dame the advantage of a 13th game, it would make them even richer than they are. They're already one of the richest programs in college football. You know, I think there'd be resistance, but I think it would be great. I think it would be fair. And if BYU could be that 13th game year in and year out, that would be phenomenal. They're, they're natural potential rivals. They have a lot in common in a lot of ways, uh, especially academically. I mean, the obvious part is the, the religion part, but academically, these are two highly respected schools. And I think you put all that together, they're, they're a natural matchup to have. And if it could happen, I think it'd be great for both schools. And Notre Dame owes BYU a game at the moment, so perhaps that comes into the mix. We'll see. Trevor, how can people, uh, people catch your coverage before and during tonight's national championship game? Okay, I will be doing ESPN Radio pregame, halftime, and postgame. So tune in an hour before the game on ESPN Radio or ESPNRadio.com uh, and click, to, click Listen Live. And it will be tremendous fun. I mean, I do this every year. We do it from the field. So we'll be on the, about the 20-yard line behind one of the benches right in the belly of the beast, right in the middle of it. It's my favorite thing to do in a broadcast season, and I can't wait for this thing to get going. Well, stay dry, enjoy it, and thanks for the time, Trevor. All right, thanks, Jeremy. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Weather, a factor, potentially. Standing water. That's at the lot. national championship. How about that? That's crazy. Who does that benefit? Uh, he thinks it benefits Alabama. Because they're stronger in the trenches. Yeah, we'll see. It's a it's a great matchup. I'm with Trevor. I I love the matchup. Like it, they're clearly it's the top so two fun. teams. Some people are like, they're oh, clearly... this is getting boring. No, you you want to watch the two best college football teams play? Then 
Here you go. I wasn't bored by Warriors Cavs, and nor am I bored by this. Coming up, the depth at tight end position is down a player for next season. Who's bouncing? And next, it's time to update our and one picks. Are either of us happy about said picks this weekend? And even if we got them right, is it ever possible to be happy to any degree after a loss like that to St. Mary's? No. This is BYU Sports Nation. The worst question. <laughs> Wednesdays at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. Get better acquainted with Cougars past and present as Gregor Bell hosts a weekly hour of in-depth conversation. This week's guest, ESPN's Trevor Maddich, whom we just spoke to, and women's soccer star Maddie Sidway-Gates. It's Wednesdays at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. BYU Sports Nation rolling on with another look at today's headlines. BYU men's basketball splitting their first road trip of the West Coast Conference schedule after a 22-point loss to St. Mary's on Saturday night. Yoli Childs recorded his second straight double-double. He's been known to do that a time or like, I don't know, 15 this season. Led the team in scoring with 21 points. T.J. Haas scored 20 in that loss. BYU back home, thankfully. And host Portland this Thursday, live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern. BYU center James Empey is a freshman All-American. That according to the Football Writers Association of America. Empey started all 13 games this season. He took over for Tijan Kroma, who won the same award as a freshman as well. BYU football alumnus Michael Davis had two tackles and two big pass breakups in the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego. Playoff win over the Baltimore Ravens. Davis and the Chargers will take on Kyle Van Noy, Tom Brady, and the New England Patriots next Sunday in an AFC Divisional playoff game in Foxborough. Do you think you could have had more than six passing yards through three quarters? Maybe. That's what Lamar Jackson did. Maybe. BYU Women's Hoops beats LMU 55-44 to extend its win streak to six games. The Cougars backcourt of Brenna Chase, Shaley Gonzalez, and Paisley Johnson all scored in double figs for the fourth time in five games, including this three from Johnson. On the shot clock, under a minute to play. Abiero, four, three, skip past Johnson, long three on the way. The shot clock buzzer, an absolute dagger. Buckets, BYU's 12-3 overall, 4-0 in West Coast Conference play. BYU plays at Pacific Thursday. A showdown with Gonzaga in Provo. The Bulldogs are ranked number 17 now on the women's side. Approaches very soon, in uh, just a couple of weeks. So, so, so when BYU plays at Pacific, do they become the BYU Tigers, like the bowl game? It's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. Congratulations. They might transform into the BYU, BYU Tigers. Who knows? Tigers. University champions. It's time for and one, Jerem. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. First pick's worth two points if we get that one right. Opportunity to pick up the extra points, just like an and one playing basketball with our second pick. Let's recap the results from last night's or Saturday night's game against St. Mary's. A two-pointer, Yoli Childs and T.J. Haas will combine for fewer than 39 points. It was sitting at 39 uh, and for a while, which I missed regardless. Uh, and the one that doesn't matter, the game will be decided by double figures. Indeed, it was Trash! It was decided by double figures. But I didn't get the two-pointer, so I don't get the uh, free throw. Yeah, it hurts. But not as much as my picks. Two-pointer. BYU will make eight or more three-pointers in the game. At five at halftime. Five. And one. BYU made one in the second half. One. Mm. And Jordan Ford will not be the leading scorer for the Gales. Mm. I thought I was in good shape there, too, at halftime with TJ Haas in front. But Ford let all scores with 23. I'm going to start picking what I think is going to actually happen. So if BYU plays a road game, I'll say BYU will give up like 88 points. 
Because that's what's been happening, which is sad, right? I, I don't want this. So uh, Gave up 87 to Pacific and 88 against St. Mary's. Yeah, I'm going to say like 87. And they're averaging Mark it down for Thursday. 96. No, that's a home point eight in non-conference and road games. So that's, I mean, eight, high 80s isn't much off of that's that bad. 90s number. That's pretty bad. Uh, so updated standings. Sears still up 8-2. to two. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to be like, Yoli Childs will score. <laughs> Worthington will attempt a free throw. Our question of the day, in honor of the Golden Globes last night, what is the award-worthy BYU sports story you want made into a movie? At NickLee51 on Twitter. I've always said BYU needs an ESPN 30 for 30. Quarterback you. Yeah. From McMahon to Detmer. What if I told you the best quarterback factory in the country was hidden in the mountains of Utah? It was for, uh, for a while there. You, you start with Virgil Carter, you go to Shiny, Wilson, McMahon, Young, Bosco, Detmer, Sarkeesian, Beck, Hall, Hill. I named everyone that I want included in that. Sorry, Doman's senior year as well. Absolutely. Yeah. At Melocopter on I'm Instagram. Lost, maybe, maybe. Says Cosmo unmasked. <laughs> no. The most popular well, mascot in America. He's been, uh, you know, unheaded, if you will, multiple times. Once yes. as a football game, once as yes. a basketball game. So, <laughs> you, you can't go. say beheaded. <laughs> yeah, I avoided that on purpose. Coming up, how will a BYU Titans mission trip affect the position next season? And who do you have in the college football national championship tonight? Jeremy and I make our picks. I have Brigham Young. This is BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars are going to win it, brother. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, watch or listen to BYU Basketball. Dave Rose on BYU TV and BYU Radio. It's Coach Rose, Rylan Bergerson, and Nate Austin join Greg Rubel to discuss Cougar Hoops. Reserve your seat for the show in Studio C right now on BYUcougars.com slash Rose Show. It's tomorrow at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day in honor of last night's Golden Globes. What is the award-worthy BYU sports story you want made into a movie? At Dave Huck says Lavelle Edwards changing college football as we know it, building a powerhouse program from nothing. You could attribute power conference coalitions, passing offenses, etc., all to what Lavelle did with BYU. We've talked about it a lot too that BYU more than any other non-Power 5 team challenged the system. Uh 1984 winning a national title, 1990 with the Heisman, 1996 with the Alliance Bowls and being number 5, 2001 one of the early BCS busters didn't bust but but stretched started that conversation. Yes, and started the conversation. If Luke Staley doesn't break his leg, perhaps BYU's in the Fiesta Bowl prior to a game at Hawaii. Unfortunately, BYU has been the one to push the bubble but not get in. and not break through. And that's, and that's a tough thing. Except for 1984, right? Right. And, and, but in my opinion, BYU got too, was really good in the wrong era. BYU would have a Power 5 invite, in my opinion, if they had been good a decade later. BYU, BYU would have been in the swack had they not had some kind of lulls in the late 80s, early 90s until Ty, right? Not early 90s, late 80s. But there was a lull there. Otherwise... BYU probably gets, sorry, not into the swag, into the Big Eight. I still blame. I think BYU would have a Power Five. They were at the, BYU was in the whack. Arizona and Arizona State left and were invited to the, create the Pac-10 from the Pac-8. Uh, I'm glad BYU was good, but I think if they were good in a different time, we might be talking about uh, even earlier. If BYU was good in the 60s, they'd probably get into the Pac-8 uh, or 12 or whatever. We don't talk about this often, but BYU was very much in position to join 
a Power Five conference in the mid '90s, and then Baylor said, "Nope." Texas governor and not happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it's really worked out. For I blame I blame Baylor. <laughs> we should. I blame Baylor. Yeah. Join the conversation 24-7 on social media for more Golden Globe BYU movie submissions. Hashtag BYUSN. Dallin Holker, BYU freshman tight end and a standout this season, revealed recently that he is planning to serve a two-year church mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Good for him, man. Yeah. Says he feels like it will help him become what he ultimately wants to be. Okay. There's so, only one guy I don't want to go on a mission that's a freshman, and his name's Zach Wilson. <laughs> Dallin Holker out. And, and he apparently is not. Zach's here to stay, the four. Okay. So Zach will be throwing to Matt Bushman and hopefully a re-energized Moroni Laulapututau, but not Dallin Holker. What does this mean for the entire tight end position with Holker leaving on a mission? Uh, it would have been nice to have him, but he's going on a mission. Great. We're used to this. All good. Uh, Hank Tui Pelotu is a guy that I think can be that number three. So Matt Bushman, tremendous. Freshman All-American, uh, really strong back half of the season for BYU. One of five players in Cougar history to have 500 receiving yards in each of his first uh, two seasons as a freshman and now sophomore. So that's big time, right? Moroni Laulupututau, to me, was BYU's best offensive player the first four games of the season. Goes down with a wrecked knee against Washington. Otherwise, perhaps BYU gets a game. I think MLP was so good that maybe BYU beats NIU if he plays in that game. I think he was that big of a game changer. And then, uh, like I uh, mentioned, Hank Tui Pelotu can be a, a guy that's like Dallin Hoker. Hoker had a really nice freshman season. Uh, I, I thought he had one that you could really build off of. But th- it's exciting because Hoker will come back, and then he'll be the next guy because MLP will graduate, and then Bushman will graduate, and then you'll have Hoker there. So that'll be great. Yeah, I'm feeling okay about this because of the return of Moroni Laulupututau. Now, if he was not coming back and Holker was leaving, That'd be tough. then I'd be a little concerned, for sure. As good as Matt Bushman is and has been, you want depth. BYU has had depth at the tight end position, and because of Moroni's injury, we saw more of Dallin Holker and thought, okay, yeah, now BYU's getting back to where they want to be with that tight end position. So I'm glad that they have the depth of MLP coming back along with Matt Bushman. And then you mentioned Hank Tui too. Like, BYU will miss Dallin Holker. Zach Wilson really liked him as a target, but there's comfort in knowing that you have other reliable, proven pass catchers in the fold. And this, the question's still out there whether Joe Tukuafu will return to BYU or not. Right now, he's not in the program. We'll see. He was the guy that BYU was excited about. How, how much will BYU ago. utilize the tight ends in the past game in how many days? Zero days. <laughs> Spencer. We, oh, I thought, I thought we were boycotting it. 234. I'm an all I'm an everyday countdown guy because it's Utah. Yeah, thought, if it was like almost anybody else, I'd be like, nah, I'm good. I thought for a moment we were boycotting it. Okay. I want to think about that game that BYU is going to play every day. August 29th. To, to open not just the season, the college football season. I it's probably the it's the first or second game of college football. Thursday night against Utah, Woo! late August. To begin a crazy difficult schedule through the month of September. Woo! Hey, load it up, man. I've always I've been saying that for a while. Hey. You're all in. Yeah. I'll I'll get there at some point. I'm not all in yet.
234 days. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but it's zero days until the national championship. Hey, game. So it is a national championship Monday. Trevor picked Alabama. He thinks Alabama will win tonight. Who do you think will win the national title, Smith? Clemson. Oh, you're going Clemson? Yes. Five-point dog. I like Clemson tonight. Why do you like Clemson? Uh, I just think that they are more dynamic right now, and I don't trust that Tua is all of the way healthy for Alabama. Well, they have a backup that's pretty good, too. I understand that, but he can't <laughs> throw the ball like Tua Tagovailoa, and Clemson is good enough that they would force Jalen Hurts to throw the ball a bunch. Trevor Lawrence is a game-changer. He certainly is, but I like Alabama because I think they have better lines on both sides. Plus, Bama is more dynamic. This isn't your, your grandma's Bama. They have five players with... Uh, 600 receiving yards. I get- they are so dynamic. Like Tua, Tua is 11.4 yards per attempt, 41 touchdowns, four picks. Like we haven't is, seen these I know. numbers. Is he healthy though? Is he, he is he fully he, ready to go? He looked great against Oklahoma. In these conditions, is he going to be all right? Yeah. Oh, oh, they need a running quarterback. Okay, I just put in Jalen Hurts. They they have all the answers, dude. Trevor Lawrence's strength may be mitigated by the weather. I like Clemson. I like Clemson's defense a lot. They gave up 12 points a game. Yeah, against the ACC. Uh, and Notre Dame, right? <laughs> Bama. They gave up three to Notre Dame. Bama. Yeah, Notre Dame. Well, Notre Dame in a big game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Alabama, Oklahoma scored some points against that vaunted Alabama defense. Uh, after the fact. Yeah. Still, they still scored them. Doesn't matter. They scored them a lot. And they are sitting at home. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. But I'm th- I like Clemson. You like Alabama. All right, let's go. I don't like Alabama. I just think Alabama will win. Okay. <laughs> Does that make sense? You're picking Alabama. <laughs> that is, you're I right. wouldn't say I like them. That's very different than yeah. liking them. Yeah. You're picking Alabama yeah. to win. Exactly. Okay. Coming up, who is BYU football's lone All-American? And BYU women's basketball still rolling. Perfect in West Coast Conference play. That's part of the whip. Next is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guest, ESPN's Trevor Maddich. He's at the College Football National Championship in Santa Clara, California. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. Sorry to Dennis Pitta and sorry to the Ravens. We ran out of time. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. The Cougar Cagers lost at St. Mary's 88-66 Saturday night. Yoli Childs, team high 21. T.J. High scored 20. The Cougars host Portland Thursday on BYU TV. Football. BYU center James Empey is a freshman All-American. That, according to the Football Writers Association of America, Empey started all 13 games this season. He took over for T. John Caroma, who, by the way, was a freshman All-American at that position as well. I want someone to make, like, sophomore All-Americans, junior All-Americans. You know what I mean? Just that class. Um, maybe we should do that. Okay. Cougar defensive back Isaiah Armstrong announced via Twitter this morning he's going to grad transfer from BYU. Armstrong had four tackles and an interception in his BYU career. Women's basketball. Beat up on LMU 55-44 to extend the win streak to six games. They're 4-0 in conference play. The Cougar backcourt of Brenna Chase, Shaley Gonzalez, and Paisley Johnson all scored in double digits for the fourth time in the last five games. Cougars in the NFL. Michael Davis had two tackles and two pass breakups in the Chargers win over the Ravens in the playoffs. Davis' Chargers will take on Kyle Van Noy and the Patriots Sunday in Foxborough. Cougars in pro hoops. Kyle Collinsworth at Big Rush of Five because that's his Twitter handle. Had 11 points and nine rebounds in a 126-105 Raptors 9.05 loss to the Long Island Nets. Elijah Bryant, 20 points, four rebounds, five assists in a 101-91 Hapo Eilat loss in Israel. 
Tyler Haas had 16 points, two boards, and an assist in an 83-78. Waseca victory in Spain. Brandon Davies, 17-7 rebounds, six assists in a 98-93. Zalgiris lost to the Neptunus Glypeta in Lithuania. <laughs> Who? Eric Mika, 11 points, three re- rebounds, and an 88-80 Germani BR loss to Virtus Bologna. Volleyball. Is it bologna? Is, is it bologna? Is it bologna? That's how we say it. Right. I, I doubt the Italians say it bologna. Bologna. Uh, number five, BYU men's volleyball beat a team of alumni three sets to one. How'd they drop a set to the alumni? Come on. Old men got one? Come on. Saturday in the Smithfield House, Brigham opens the season Thursday against the bane of their existence, number eight, Ohio State. That's a big match. The Ohio State, Jerem. That's right. I forgot. Lowercase t hey, and then OS. Might be Rose Bowl champs. Today's Rise and Shout goes to BYU women's basketball for carrying the torch for basketball programs right now. They've won six straight. They're 4-0 in West Coast Conference play, headed out on a big road trip to the Bay Area at Pacific and at St. Mary's where they've never won since joining the West Coast Conference. Until now. Hey, maybe it's this year. Maybe this is the year. Our question of the day. And I should say there's an honorable mention to... uh, Oh! Oh, Delhi Dome fell! Delhi's down! Delhi's down. Delhi is down. Oh, he's down okay. on the ground over there. Okay, okay but really, wow. though, like, he, that means Elf, he moves? Elf on the so, shelf. So he moves. Elf on the shelf. Delhi is down. Was he trying to infringe on what? Spuddy Buddy's territory? Okay, I, I feel, yeah, here's Scott Morgan moving him. <laughs> wow. Delhi is down. down oh, which, which I think is a great thing. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. The show couldn't have ended any more he, perfectly. If he falls down every day, I'd be a happy camper. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Our elite voice of the day. <laughs> Presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. What movie do you want to see made into an unforgettable story out of BYU Sports in honor of the Golden Globes? At Tasha Lynn 19. Can you stick a dagger through the gnome? That would be highly appropriate. This program's rated PG, I believe. The Dell of a Dagger. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. Does he have a dagger? We have a deli down. I repeat, a deli is down for Jeremy. I am Spencer. Shout out to Craig Rydell. <laughs>